it's so great to see you. I'm sorry we're so full today. Uh, we should have known that people would, more people would come to the 11 than the 9 today, for sure. People uh, sleeping in on the weekend. But we're so glad that you came to uh, join in with us. And Family Sunday, of course, with all the kids in here. Let me hear from all the kids. <laughs> They're all like either asleep on their dead shoulder. They don't know what to do. Well, I, I really am so grateful for this Family Sunday, and uh, this is an important thing for us to do from time to time, to just spend time together worshiping God. It's good for kids to see parents worship. It's good for, kid, for parents to be able to talk about with their kids what this worship means, what communion means, what we're doing here together. And so uh, I think it's so valuable for us to do, to be a family church. Amen. So I'm just going to speak for a few moments on the series that we've been covering the last several weeks. It's called Resurrection People. Resurrection people are people who understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how he, uh, his life means that we receive life. His life, when he overcame death, hell, and the grave, that means something for you and for me. It means something for us as a family of believers, as people who follow Jesus. His resurrection life means resurrection life for us. I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to begin with our scripture that we've read throughout the, this series, and it's Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians 1 verse 18. Everybody get your Bible out. Everybody get a little piece of paper and a pen. The back of your worship guide has a little space for notes. It's so important for us to have our Bibles, that we're looking up the scriptures ourselves, we're becoming familiar with our Bibles, and we're also writing things down to make them, uh, cause us to retain them in a greater measure. And so it's really important that we do that. I want to be a church that loves the Bible. How about you? Loves the Bible. It is our roadmap. It is our uh, history lesson. It is the story of God's interaction with humanity. It's so important for us to understand it and to receive it. And of course, I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you as I uh, read from it. And so we read this passage as we've done every week because it kind of tells us some priorities about resurrection life. It gives us an understanding. This is the Apostle Paul. He's praying. He's praying for believers. And he says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. Everybody say hope. hope. Say it again. Say hope. I want you to know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Everybody say riches. Riches. There's something so wonderful about the riches of Christ in his kingdom. It doesn't have anything to do with money. It doesn't have anything to do with the blessings that we classically qualify as, as uh, riches in our own culture. There, is, there are riches in the kingdom of God, provision that is enough for you and for me. The riches of his kingdom, his love and mercy and grace, his strength, his courage, his ability in you and me. That's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. I want you to know the hope. I want you to know the riches you've received, the authority. And, the, and then finally he says... And his incomparably great power. Fun word to know and say. Everybody say it. Incomparably. <laughs> incomparably. His incomparably great power. That means there's nothing that it can compare to. It is so beyond your comprehension. It is so beyond this world. It is so beyond anything that you can figure out. It is his power, the power of God for those who 
believe. Those who believe. This is really our starting point, isn't it? That you have to believe. That you have to trust Jesus with your life. We're all Christ followers. We're choosing to believe. We have faith that Jesus loves us, that his work on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, we believe in what that means for us. We believe we've been washed uh, uh, all of our sins away. We've been washed clean, pure. Jesus has washed us. We believe and we follow. For those who believe his hope, his riches, and his power for those who believe this power. Now, here's the good part, all right? This power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. So not only in the here and now, but in the age to come, Jesus has all authority, and this authority and power that he's received All right, get it, get it. The authority and power he's received, you have it inside of you. That's what the Apostle Paul is praying for. He's praying, he's asking God, would you please show these people they have power, they have authority, they can overcome, they can walk in newness of life. This is really our starting point. You've got to believe that. You've got to trust Jesus and his work. And once you do, there is resurrection life that comes into you and part of resurrection life. And what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the resurrection power and life that shows up in water baptism. The identification of who we are in water baptism with Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. I'm, I, I remember the day I was baptized. I was eight years old. How many eight-year-olds we got in the crowd? If you're eight years old, wave at me. Woo, got some up there. Anybody else? Yeah, I see you over there. I was eight years old, and I was uh, being baptized. We practice at one chapel, and I grew up in a tradition of water baptism by immersion, which means, fancy term for taking the plunge. We, we, we dunk underwater. We go all the way underwater, and uh, instead of sprinkling, we, we don't sprinkle. In fact, what we believe is, you heard Pastor Brent talk about it a little bit today, is we don't do infant baptisms because we believe that there is a decision, a walk of faith, and baptism is a decision to follow Christ. And when you follow Christ, when you choose to believe, the next step is to choose to participate in water baptism. Water baptism is a powerful symbol. It is a powerful illustration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I got baptized when I was eight years old, and I remember the scene. We, we had a small church, and we, we didn't have a baptistry within our church, and so we went over to use another church's baptistry. But they had forgotten somehow to turn the heat on. And so it was a freezing cold day outside. I seem to remember snow on the ground, and we're going to this place, and it's cold. It's freezing. They they didn't turn on the heat in the building, actually. And so it's freezing in the building, and then the water, no heat. No heater to turn on the water. It was crazy. It was freezing cold. And I remember walking up to the edge of the steps, and, you know, you're already kind of nervous because baptism is such a big deal. You know, you really sense the Spirit of God in you as you take that step, confessing your faith in front of all these people. I think there was, 
you know, I think there was 15 or 20 people there and they were all gathered around the baptistry. But I remember walking into that freezing cold water and my teeth chattering and making my confession of faith. And then my dad saying, my dad was the pastor, and he said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I came up out of that water. I was like, get me out of here. I'm freezing. It's such a special memory. I do remember it, though, because it was, a, it was part of my journey. It was part of my public declaration. It was part of my process and journey. Um, and I, I, I never really had an experience later in life where I turned away from the Lord. I, I served the Lord all my life. I certainly wrestled with all kinds of things, but I served the Lord all through my teenage years. I didn't get rebellious, um, except for in my heart from time to time. But uh, it didn't show much, you know, outside. And I, I think the Lord uh, was doing something in me all through that process. Tonight, when we baptize people, the water will be warm. So you don't have to worry. Um, so I really believe that baptism is an important thing that we need to be obedient to. And I want to read a few scriptures to you. All right. So if you have your Bible, turn over to Romans chapter six, verse four. Romans 6, verse 4, and I'm going to give you three ideas. I'm just going to mention them to you quick, and we're going to deal with them one at a time. First, I want to tell you how baptism is a personal experience, a personal encounter with Christ. Then I want to talk to you about how it's communal, how it's community-driven. And then I want to talk to, about, talk to you about how it's transformational. All right, but I'll deal with each of those one at a time. First, if you want to write it down, baptism is personal. It identifies your life who you are with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It is a personal profession of faith. It is an act of obedience. Here's what the Apostle Paul says about this baptism. Romans 6, verse 4 says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of of the Father, we too may live a new life. Everybody say new life. Verse 5, it's got some key ideas in it, and I want you to take your pen. If you write in your Bible, I want you to underline something right here. If you don't write in your Bible, then enshrine it in glass and get a new one. You need to write in your Bible and write little notes. Here we go. Verse 5 says, if we have been united, everybody say united. If we have been united with him like this in death, in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. I believe that baptism, water baptism, is identifying with Christ and being united with him in a unique way. It is obeying what the scripture teaches us. If you consider these facts, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. He obeyed in being baptized. He did it in a river. And then we see how the Apostle Paul encourages us to be baptized in water. 
we see how Jesus, the last thing he said to his disciples as he was leaving this earth, he said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's something so powerful about this because what it is, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily salvation. Okay, now you need to hear me on this. Salvation comes by grace through faith alone. Salvation comes by grace through faith alone. If you want to turn over to Ephesians chapter 2, you can turn over there. It's just a few, few pages over from Romans to your right. You can turn over there to, to Ephesians chapter 2, and some of you have heard this verse before, but I want to read it again. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. God wants to be the salvation of your soul, him only. He wants to be the one who rescues you. He doesn't want anything that you do to come into your mind that takes glory away from him because he wants all the glory for rescuing you and saving your life. He wants other people to see it. He wants others to know it. He wants to be, he wants us to boast in him. He doesn't want us to boast about what we're doing. Baptism is being obedient to him. But I believe that, actually, if you read through the book of Acts and you read through the first, uh, the first century church, you see it's all messed up all over the place. God was breaking out everywhere. People were receiving the Holy Spirit and then they weren't even baptized and then they believed and then they needed to be baptized. and the Holy. It was just all a mess. They were trying to figure it all out because God was at work in people. And so what we're doing is we're, we're obeying the Lord in baptism, but we're not obeying the Lord to be water baptized in order to be saved. God gets all the glory for that. God is the one who rescues us, and then we begin to follow him, and we follow him in baptism. So baptism, then, is a physical demonstration of a spiritual reality. A, spirit, uh, a physical demonstration of a spiritual reality. Does it say it up there? Yeah. So what this means is we are acting we're acting out in a ritual. We're acting on something that we've been instructed to do, and we're doing it to represent something that is supernatural going on inside of us. But I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you that this is what we do when we come together and worship. This is what we do when we serve the poor. We don't just live our lives with some kind of unseen and vague faith that is not demonstrated. We have faith in our hearts, faith in our minds. We believe in what Jesus did, and then we act on what he did. So faith and obedience, faith and works go together. Works follow faith. Jesus saves us by grace through faith, and then we demonstrate it. And th there's something so important because baptism, water baptism, is you saying, I'm willing to give up my life. I'm willing to let go of everything. I'm willing not to be in charge anymore. I'm willing to surrender everything. And I'm willing to do it publicly. I'm willing to give my life away. I'm willing to not be enslaved 
to the things of my past, to the way that I acted before. I'm saying goodbye. Now, I want you to get this. I'm saying goodbye to my old life. I'm leaving my old life. When they used to baptize people in the rivers, and, and we may do some of that as it as it gets warm, uh, warmer and warmer, we'll go down to the river, we'll baptize some more people, but this, the river is such a great picture of people uh, uh, immersing themselves in the water, in the river, and then their sins going downstream, never to be seen again. It's a great illustration. Baptism is an illustration. It's a demonstration of something supernatural. It's giving up yourself. It's giving up all your sins, all your enslavement, all of the issues that you have in your past, you're yielding them to the Holy Spirit. You're yielding them to God. Here's what Jesus told us that we've got to do concerning this kind of death, all right? It's because make no mistake, it is about death. It's dying to yourself. Luke 9.23 says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up their cross daily, and Follow me. That's what the Apostle Paul told us in Romans. He says, we were buried with him through baptism in death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too may live a new life. So it's not just death. It's not just fighting the war every morning to get up and to yield to God. It's also the embracing of resurrection power and life that's coming into you. So you say goodbye to your old ways of life and you say yes to your new life in Christ. You come up out of the water and you say yes to the power of God coming into your life and filling you. It's, it is a supernatural experience. Make no mistake, some of you have had that experience in water baptism. Some of you have not. Some of you were sprinkled as a child or you were baptized and then you've wandered. Since you believed, some of you need to be baptized because there's, a, there's an experience here. There's a demonstration. There's something that's going to happen in you as you've given your life away to Christ, as you've yielded to his strength and his power alone. Resurrection is part of this. Philippians chapter three, verse 10 says, I wanna know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. The second thing I want you to understand is baptism is communal. It's personal, but it's, very, it's communal. And here's what we see when we come together as a community and we practice water baptism. It is a profession to the community, providing an opportunity for both celebration and accountability. It is a sign of your obedience. It stirs the hearts of all who witness the baptism. What happens is it's not just all about you. It's about you joining a community of believers. It's about you being identified I am part of this community. I belong here to this group of people. I am identified by the work of Christ in my life. And his resurrection power lives inside of me. And I belong to this family. That's part of what water baptism is all about. Because there is a profession of faith. There is a standing and saying, I believe this. I believe in the work of Christ. And as you embrace that, as people hear you say that, their hearts are stirred. I haven't been to a water baptism service yet where I haven't shed a tear. Because it is emotional, it is powerful, it is, it, is, it is supernatural, and it is communal. It is this thing that we all celebrate together. We celebrate what God is doing in the life of a person. Here's an interesting idea. 
Here's an interesting thought. You can't be baptized by yourself. You can't baptize yourself. You can't baptize yourself. And you know what? This is how God designed it. He designed it to need the participation of others. It's not just about you alone. Something wonderful and beautiful goes on inside of our hearts and our our lives. But you belong to a group of people, and this is an opportunity for them to embrace you, for you to embrace them, and for every one of us to continue to follow after Christ, to trust him, and to obey him. Number three, last point. Number three, baptism is transformational. The Holy Spirit engages and encourages us with joy in our obedience and newfound life in Christ. There's something joyful about it. It's a celebration. You'll see it tonight. We're not going to have a real somber and sad baptism. Would you like to make your confession of faith? No. It is a celebration. It's a party because there's something happening. There's something going on here. And so it's transformational. Something's going on on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit always responds to obedience in faith. The Holy Spirit always responds when you obey. Some of you are like thinking to yourself, you know, I was baptized when I was nine. And then, you know, I believe now. It's okay. Some of you, if you're wondering if you should, if you think you might should obey the Lord in in being water baptized, you should. You should. There's nothing wrong with that. You need to make a declaration. Some of you are coming back from all kinds of stuff in your life, and you're coming back to Christ, and you're coming back around to a community of people. Some of you have been hurt before by a community of believers, and you're not sure. You're just, you're coming with very careful sensitivity. And this may be a night, this may be a moment for you to really surrender to Christ and to his people, his family. To take the risk again. Here's what I want you to see when you look down in Romans chapter 8. Go over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Here's what it says. It says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. That's awesome. Verse 12, though, watch this. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. Obligation. But it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit, oh, how do we do this? How how do we get rid of the junk in our lives? How do we move past the bad habits and the patterns of our lives? How do we move past? We move past by the Spirit of God who gives us his power and his life to move forward. Water baptism is not the end. <laughs> it is not the end. Oh, you're fixed. All right, we dunked you. You came up. You're good. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a transformation that continues. We're talking about something that God continues. Baptism, water baptism is the beginning, not the end. It is the yes. It is the no to your old life and yes to your new life in Christ. And this is such an interesting thing. This is such an interesting thing. And I I think there's an illustration here that we can really understand about our life in Christ. I want you to look up here. I've got a whole bunch of cucumbers over here. These cucumbers 
are really nice and tasty. And, and there's, a, there's a process by, by which these cucumbers are made into something else. Here's, what, here's the background I want to give you. This transformation that goes on to us can be, can be illustrated by oh, these pickles. Oh, yeah. Pickles. Mmm. Here's what you see. The word baptism. All right, go with me for a second here. The word baptism. The word in the original is baptizo, baptizo. Here's the description. You can look at that. To dip repeatedly, to immerse, to submerge. A vessel sunk, to cleanse by dipping or submerging, to wash, to make clean with water, to wash oneself, to bathe, and to overwhelm. When you talk about being baptized into Christ, you're talking about being overwhelmed by him. You're talking about being submerged in him, in the spirit of God. So here's the thing. The best way to see what baptism means is to look historically, what was that word used for? So baptizo is this word that was used. There was another word, uh, babto, which means to be dipped, all right? But, but there's, a, there's an interesting thing here. The clearest example that shows us the meaning of this word baptizo is a text from a Greek poet and physician. He lived about 200 BC, so he was writing and using this term. So what we do in the scriptures is we look through the scriptures and we see these words and we mine for their meaning and we look at other materials to see how this word was used in that culture, in those days. Do you understand that? So that's what we're doing here. And this Greek poet and physician, he's writing a recipe for making pickles. 200 BC, yes, pickles are old. So here's the thing, so here's what he says. Here's what this guy says. He says, he uses both words. He says that in order to make a pickle, the vegetable should be dipped, bapto, which means just to be dipped, into boiling water, but then he uses a different word and says, but then it needs to be baptized in a solution. Baptized in a solution. Water baptism, water baptism, <laughs> baptism is not just putting yourself in water. It's not, it's not just simple and, and, and easy like that. There's something else that happens. Ooh, that's nice. I could, I could wash these, I could dip them in boiling water, and these cucumbers will never become a pickle. It will never become a pickle. Why? Because it's just water. It's just water. You have to add something else. You have to add vinegar. You have to add a solution. When you put those cucumbers in that solution, and you let them sit there, guess what happens? It changes. It's not just a temporary getting dipped. It is a transformation that starts happening in these, in these cucumbers. And now you have a pickle. Would you like this pickle? <laughs> How about you, Owen? Noah? Come on, yeah, take it. Take a big chunk out there. You want one too? All right, I'll give you one. There you go. Look at that. Now just chaw on it. Yeah, that's good. Oh, <laughs> he went like this. This is exactly what he did. He was like. <gasps> that is so vinegary. I can't believe it. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. The composition actually changes. Everything is different. 
Something saturates the cucumber. Something saturates this vegetable so it becomes something entirely different. That's what happens to you and me. We become different. I like to call them pickled people. There's something that goes on that's transformational. And when we, when we obey the Lord in the water baptism, when we're immersed, it's not just water, it's something else. It's mixing faith and the spirit of God. And when we are united with Christ by obeying in water baptism and we mix that faith together with it, then we start a process, a chemical reaction, a change from the inside out. It's an incredible thing. He begins to saturate us with his spirit, saturate us with his life. Resurrection power comes into us, and we become different people. We start acting different. We start thinking different. We start moving differently. Now, here's the problem. Remember what I said. I'm not talking about you being a perfect Christian once you come out of the water. What I'm talking about is surrendering to the process of being saturated, saturated with the spirit of God. You're still going to have to work on it. You're still going to have to get up every morning, and you're going to have to... Put that old man or that old woman that wants to come back to death and you're going to have to receive the life of Christ. The life of Jesus comes into you every day. So who wants to be pickled people? Okay. Awesome. Let's pray about this. You want to? Let's pray about this. Father, thank you so much for the scriptures. Thank you for the illustration of Water baptism, helping us understand who we are, who we belong to, what you've called us to be. Father, I pray that all of us in this room, that you would work in us here in this moment now, just as we're praying together, as we've listened to your word, as it's illuminated our hearts, as we've, as we've seen the illustration of the cucumbers and the pickles, that we see what's happening to our lives. Would you help us to believe? Would you help us to embrace you in a greater way? To be the resurrection people you've called us to be. To embrace you and to accept you, to receive you. And then to obey you in everything. Lord, help us to be saturated with you what you're doing we want to start looking like you we want to start acting like you we want to do the things that you do so help us to believe 